Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. The regulators in charge of New York's ambitious clean energy goals have grappled with a difficult pattern over the last couple of months. The companies developing green projects in their state are requesting more public aid on top of the money New York already agreed to provide, and not just small amounts either. We're talking billions of dollars. Take last month, for example. Developers of a transmission line that would deliver Canadian hydropower to New York City made a request for extra funding. Now, the line is still on schedule to finish construction in the coming years, but why is this trend happening in the first place, and how are state regulators and ratepayer advocates reacting? For that and more, we chat with Politico's Marie French. It's Monday, September 25th. So the Champlain-Hudson project, which we sometimes refer to as CHIPI because there's not enough acronyms in energy world already, is asking for about $3 billion in additional subsidies for this project. They've already, you know, gotten a contract with the state to buy credits off the line, but they saw that other renewable developers and offshore wind developers in New York are asking for an inflation adjustment. And so they were like, hey, Public Service Commission, which is the state's utility regulator, we also think we should get money. And can you give us a little bit more background on this project and kind of what its role is in meeting New York's ambitious clean energy goals? Yeah, so the Champlain-Hudson Power Express is a transmission line. It's roughly 340 miles, runs from Canada down to New York City, uh, plugs in in Astoria. It carries, you know, Canadian hydropower from Hydro-Quebec. And it would essentially be a huge source of zero emissions power for New York City, which is notoriously, you know, heavily reliant on fossil fuels, especially with the shutdown of Indian Point a few years ago at this point. And it's really fundamental to meeting the state's renewable energy goals, particularly given the congestion on the electric grid between upstate and downstate, no matter how many renewables you build upstate If you can't get that energy into New York City, the state's going to have trouble meeting its goals. Got it. Okay. And you started to touch on this, but this request from Champlain is part of this broader trend happening in New York that you've been tracking, where renewable energy companies are pressing New York regulators for more public aid for their projects. Could you take a step back a bit and tell us why that's happening and how that is putting regulators in a bind? Well, so, yeah, it's developers of these projects say, you know, yes, we contracted, we said we were going to do this. But since then, this intense inflationary pressure from COVID and from the war, the invasion of Ukraine by Russia is just driving costs of these projects much higher than we could have possibly expected. Interest rates have risen you know, really quickly and have stayed persistently high, making financing a lot more difficult. So these companies have come to state regulators and said, look, we just we don't think we can build these projects like we can't make the investment decision to go forward unless you agree to increase the amount we'd be paid for the projects once they're complete. And so obviously that puts the state in a huge sort of political conundrum, right? They have the cost to ratepayers going up. But on the other hand, they have, you know, the state's climate goals potentially in jeopardy if these projects 
can't get built in a timely fashion, you know, it's it's very difficult to see how the state meets its 2030 goals. Right. And do we have any sense of where regulators stand on this? Like, is there any indication that this request will be approved? So I think that's very difficult to tell at this point for the, um, you know, the earlier requests from the offshore wind developers and the renewable developers. The Public Service Commission has put that out for comment. They've scheduled two session days for October, which is, I think, unprecedented as far as I've I've been able to figure out. So they've put those out for comment and they've scheduled two session days and the expectation is they'll be acting on some of those, potentially the whole package in October. The Champlain-Hudson request, you know, came in later. It hasn't been issued for comment. So there's not much of a record for the commission to make a decision on. I think, you know, the timing on that maybe is more more in question at this point. And you note in your reporting that ratepayer advocates, environmental groups, and others can't actually formally weigh in on this particular request, but you have seen some pushback on this, right? Yeah, there's definitely been, you know, just some concerns raised. You know, different entities have sort of pointed back to their comments on the other petitions and said, well, you know, like New York City, we talked with an environmental official for them. And he was like, well, yeah, I think the, you know, as we said in our comments, like, even though it wasn't about Champlain Hudson's request, because that hadn't been put in yet, the commission needs to scrutinize these requests to see if there are actual cost increases. You know, it can't just be, you know, padding their profits sort of thing. Also, thousands of employees at Detroit's big three automakers walked off their jobs Friday afternoon, the first escalation in the United Auto Workers' week-old strike. UAW President Sean Fain announced that parts distribution center workers at more than three dozen Stellantis and General Motors facilities across 20 states will join the nearly 13,000 union members, taking part in the initial three-plant strike that began September 15th against the major automakers. The move excludes Ford, which Fain said had been making strides at the negotiating table recently. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And be sure to check out a new Politico podcast, Power Play, out now. The show introduces you to the top global leaders in business, politics, and culture, and dives deep into how they think about the pressing news around them. You can listen to Power Play wherever you get your podcasts. And that's our show. I'm Katherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.